You're watching Single Process with Joe and Bob. We've created this video series to help you navigate the difficult process of divorce, and we hope this helps you on your journey. Our topic today is a serious one. It's on domestic violence and divorce. And I know that this is something incredibly difficult for people to actually exit a relationship mm -hmm. where there's been any kind of domestic violence and to take this big step. I think a lot of people may not even know they're in an abusive relationship because from what I've learned about it, you know, you, you redraw the line systematically over the course of a relationship to the point where you look up one day and it's so awful it's unbearable and you've got to get out. And then it's difficult and dangerous to get yeah, out. So right. let's find out some ways to define abuse and how to safely extricate yourself. So luckily we're with Marilyn Herrera today who comes to us from the Domestic Violence Crisis Center of Connecticut. In short, she's an advocate for victims of domestic violence and we're lucky to have you. Thank you. Of course, thank you for having nice. me. Maybe you could start out by just defining what abuse can look like. Yeah, so domestic violence is more than just hitting. Domestic violence is a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated against one partner towards another. And so when we talk about domestic violence, again, there can be physical violence, but there can also be sexual violence. In addition to that, there's emotional abuse, psychological abuse, and financial abuse. And so the variety of ways that one can experience violence is really dependent on how that offender utilizes his power and control. That's so this is about power and control. This is about and breaking away from that. That's 100% correct. Power and control is at the center of domestic violence. And so when we talk about domestic violence, we need to be really cognizant of that. So if we think about power and control and what we know about domestic violence, it's really what survivors themselves have told us what abuse looks like. Okay. So there's a power and control wheel. And at the center of that wheel is again, power and control. And so those tactics and those tenets are really outside of that. It can be extreme jealousy. It could be cruelty to animals, isolation. Mm. It could also be um, obstructing a person's ability to get a job, to go to school. Mm. And around that is physical violence. That's a, This financial abuse one is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. I have heard of a number of cases where someone doesn't have the control of the finances to even maneuver out of a dangerous relationship. So Right. And I think that continues post and we'll talk about that. Totally. But let's move on to the safety plan. How do you leave a relationship like this safely. Right. And so the most dangerous time that a person can be in when they are in an abusive relationship is really when they have broken away from this partner. Yeah. And the reason is because that partner, again, back to power and control, they do not have the ability to control that particular individual. And so they will do what it takes to make sure that that is asserted. And so what's very important at the forefront of all of our advocates when we work with individuals who are suffering through abuse is to make sure that someone has a plan. And so we help them th think critically about their safety. And oftentimes that is identifying who are they going to tell if they're in, in an unsafe situation? What are they going to do when they are essentially cornered, identifying a safe place in the home? It can even be, you know, identifying a safe route to work that might have to switch it up because this person might be stalking them. Wow. And so we really have to make it tailored towards this particular person's individual needs and what their lifestyle is. So there isn't one plan that fits all it really has to fit into your specific dynamic. Right. That's well, correct. One thing that's interesting to me is, you know, you always you see, watch SVU and all these mm -hmm. shows on television. 
unless you're physically abused and have signs and evidence of it, it's a very hard thing to prosecute. Right, that's 100% correct. And how we've treated domestic violence is primarily through the lens of a criminal justice issue. What are you able to prove? What can you see? What's visible? And oftentimes, many victims of domestic violence are not able to document what they've gone through, or they might have been reluctant to report to police when they had been physically assaulted. And so sometimes we want to say to them, you know, it's fairly important for you to document what you're going through, putting it in a diary, or maybe finding a way that you are able to just memorialize what's been going on in your particular relationship. And so, yes, you know, there is often this this idea of having to prove it, especially in court. And so it's really hard for many uh, victims to share this because, first of all, it's a very personal experience. It triggers their memories all over again. They have to go through it. And of course, it's in a public forum. Individuals are going to hear this and their first fear is that judgment. Why didn't you leave? And so that's Mm. something that we always try to work with. Yeah, I think so often, yeah, people are, sorry. No, no, you're absolutely right. People don't want to incur the humiliation. and They're embarrassed that it's gotten this bad. Who do you go to to help you formulate that plan? Of course, and so there's many resources out there available online from the National Network to End Domestic Violence to your local domestic violence organization. And so when you want to think critically about your safety, contact your local uh, domestic violence shelter if you need to find a safe computer to utilize many shelters or many organizations have computers that you might use, go to a public library or simply Google domestic violence organization and many things will certainly come up. And is it, do you have to make a phone call or can you chat online? What are the options for actually communicating the issues? That's a great question. And simply because domestic violence advocates have tried to expand the way that they reach to individuals when they are in a harmful situation. And so yes, it mostly it is telephonically. There's also uh, at the domestic violence crisis center, we currently have email exchanges where someone can do an email inquiry. We also are expanding to text communication. And so many crisis centers are also doing this so that more people can respond in a safe manner. Once you've left and you're worried about your physical safety, what are the legal protections available to you? Can you get a restraining order? What does that look like? Right, so when you're contemplating your safety plan, it's important to consider a restraining order. And restraining orders carry very different names across the state. They might be called restraining orders, orders of protections. Um, and so what's important to uh, to consider in a restraining order application, first and foremost, is that what are the qualifications to obtain one? And oftentimes it does go back to what is uh, going on physically in the relationship. Have you been threatened with physical harm? Has there been physical harm? Or are you being stalked? And so what's important to do if contemplating uh, a restraining order, work with a domestic violence advocate so that they can help you through that process, not only just applying, but then also support at the hearing because that means when you're applying for a restraining order, you do have to go to court. One thing you've brought up, and it's it's so amazing, you probably don't have a lot of funds Mm -hmm. to seek resources when you're in this situation. You have so many volunteers working pro bono with your crisis center, and I'm sure around the world. What an incredible resource for people, right? So if you have nothing, you can still go and get help. Of course. And so domestic violence centers have tried to be as much of a resource to those that they serve, and that is to seek legal assistance where there might not be legal assistance available and building those relationships within the community so that services can be provided 
to uh, clients. And so oftentimes, you know, we know the ins and outs of the court. We might be able to connect you with someone who might be able to assist you further and just making sure that you're comfortable through that process as you report. Yeah. But there's a huge emotional component to this other than just the pragmatic, yeah. what you do. I know you've also provided us some amazing resources, which will be on our website. Yeah. Now, thank so, you so much for being here. Thank you very much, much, much for having me. Yeah, for more information on how to manage domestic violence in your divorce, please log on to our website at singleprocess.me.